Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord.
good, isn't he? You have to understand that you were created by God for God. And if you don't get that, life won't make sense. I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm going to tell you, one of the best things you could do is resign as CEO of your life and surrender yourself to him. If you're trying to do that, would you lift up both hands and just love him right now? And say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. You know what I have need of this morning. You know what my family has need of, God. You know the needs on my block, in my school, in my college, in my home, in my body, in my finances. You know, Lord, what we have need of. And I thank you, God, that help is on the way. Thank you that help is on the way. Hallelujah, miracles can happen here. With Jesus, anything can happen. Praise God. Look at three people and tell them with a smile on your face, help is on the way. Help is on the way. To the disciples, it looked like Jesus didn't care because he said, Lazarus is sleeping. He's sleeping? Yeah, he's sleeping. Well, he does well if he sleepeth. And then they, the Lord looked at him and he said, No, Lazarus is dead. And the sisters thought, Lord, if you cared, why didn't you show up as soon as you heard the news? I don't know if you know this or not, but one of the Jewish traditions was that the spirit did not actually leave the body for three days. That the body kind of just hovered around, or rather the spirit hovered around the body. And so could it be that Jesus waited to the fourth day to show them, I know what your Jewish traditions say, but I'm here to show up that I am the resurrection, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And though he were dead, yet shall he live. I want to encourage someone, you may think that this situation is gone, it's lifeless, there's no hope. Can I encourage you this morning? Jesus can walk into any situation and resurrect it and give you hope. Yes, he can. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say to all of you, I have received so many texts of your prayers and your love and you have reached out to me and my wife and family thank all of you friday and saturday have absolutely been a whirlwind i have tried to respond to as many of you as possible um, i still have a number of texts to respond to but just know that i thank you for your love your support and your prayers and i feel it and i appreciate it very much may the lord bless you you can be seated If you're glad to be in God's house, say amen. amen.
to all of our guests, we welcome you. We know what it's like to go to a new place, a new building, meet new people, but we want you to know that we're going to love you so many ways you're bound to like one of them. Thank you for being in God's house. To our guests, we're just thankful that you're here. Please take a moment to complete our digital connection card. You can text TPCDQ to the number you're fixing to see up on the screen here in just a minute. You can text this. It's The number is 84576. So if you wouldn't mind, just take out your cell phone and text TPCDQ to 84. I believe it is 576, and this will connect you to upcoming events. You can leave prayer requests, and then we will send you just a $5 gift card to say thank you for being with us. This coming up Saturday, I believe it is September the 18th, TPC is going to be going to the Covington, Mandeville area. Brother Jathan and Sister Sarah Marcelli pastor that great church and we're going to go and try to feed like 300 people and just be a blessing to them we'll probably leave around nine here at the church if you'd like to join us the lord willing uh, that is our plans to go and do that if you would like to give to any type of hurricane relief fund you can do that through our website through our app you can uh, do it through a check or cash just make sure you Note that as Hurricane Relief Fund, and we would appreciate that. And I promise you all of that uh, finances goes to those specific purposes. One other announcement, just uh, know we're going to have a prayer meeting here at 10 o'clock. All of you are welcome to join us, young and old, whomever. Welcome to, to join us, and we're going to just keep the fires burning at TPC. Can I get a witness? If you're with me, say amen. Okay, I'm just going to uh, try to explain some things that are going on so that you know what's happening. I'm sure that you can see we've tore up uh, some of the parking lot here. So why have we done that? There's a number of reasons. You may or may not know this, but for years there has been an active gas line that runs right north and south. Uh, it feeds a lot of the Quincy natural gas. And we are not able to do any type of construction or build anything over that because that city goes, that, that line goes to the city and they actually own that. There's an easement through there. Well, we have worked with the city uh, for them to come out and cut that line off and reroute it so that they will give us that easement of land and it will be ours and we can build on that. So that is supposed to happen, weather permitting, this week. So we're, we're thankful for that, okay? So that is a good thing. And then the next thing is, is part of the reason why the parking lot is, is tore up, because a lot of the water was actually going toward our building. And what we're going to try to do now is make it to where the water is going away from our building. So it's never a good time to do it. And uh, I just heard there may be some type of depression in the Gulf and we may be getting all kind of water. And I'm like, Lord, we need a break, but he's teaching us patience. And so I'm going to just roll with it. Okay. But now here's what I want to ask. Uh, I'm asking you to listen up because there are limited spaces and because we, we appreciate our elders, all of you that are young, younger folks 
would you please leave these limited spaces for our elders? Okay. We will have another golf cart show up next week to help us to transport you. But I don't think it's going to hurt you to walk 100 steps. It's good for your heart. And you can pray through on your way in. Lord, help me to have a good and sweet attitude. Right? Everybody good with that? Okay. I would really, really appreciate if you would leave those for our elders. You're saying, what's an elder? Well, I don't want to label that, but... All right. Yeah. If you're an elder, if you're an elder, you think you're an elder, that's your spot out there, okay? All right. But if you're 22 and think you're an elder, I may come see you. (laughs) Well, I'm an elder around here. (laughs) You know what I mean, all right? So please help me out. Last thing, I think, um, is, is my dad's arrangements. I'm sure most of you know that my dad passed away, and I believe he's in the presence of the Lord. I'm sorry that you did not get to meet my dad in his prime. My dad was one of God's generals. He was an amazing man of God. He was rough around the edges. He had his flaws like we all do, but God takes crooked sticks to draw straight lines. And he was an incredible man of God. And he's going to have a great homegoing service in Cleveland, Texas, where he gave his life in ministry for the past 40 years. So that's, that visitation is going to be Thursday in Cleveland, Texas. The church is called the Sanctuary. The Sanctuary, and it's going to be from 5 to 7 is visitation. And then at 7 o'clock will be the service Thursday evening. And then we'll have... Uh, the graveside service there in Houston at Brookside and he will be buried by my mother they were married for 36 years so listen I know that we're all busy right and we all got things and we got jobs and we got families and we got situations going on I promise you if you can't make it I'm not going to love you any less I get it I understand And if you want to be there, we want you there. But if you can't, no worries. I know you're going to be praying for us and lifting us up. And we love you just the same. But thank all of you for all that you have already done for us. I sincerely appreciate it. You may ask, how are you? I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm really good because my dad's suffering is over. And it's he's had no quality of life for a number of years. And to know that he is resting in the presence of the Lord brings me a lot of comfort. So again, I love you, I appreciate you, and I thank you. If our ushers would please come, we're going to give all of us a wonderful opportunity to give as unto the Lord. There's some prayer requests that will probably come up on the screen. Remember Sister Kim Hollingsworth, Joy Smith. Sister June, we're glad to have you back. Amen. Good to see you. Remember Brother Scotty Brown, Sister Peggy Langley, Brother Sam Williams. He's had three of his family members pass away in the past probably six to eight weeks. So if you'll remember Brother Sam, he's actually doing a graveside service this morning 
for his sister-in-law. So please remember that family. Remember Teresa Hurd and her family. Everywhere you look, people are hurting. So please be a source of encouragement to them. We need one another. The last thing we need is division in this house. Let's be unified for his purpose and build up one another and encourage one another. Can I get a witness? Thank all of you. I love you, sweet people. You are so precious. I love you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the sunshine today. Thank you for a beautiful day that we can come and worship and give our praise. Because we were created to worship you. And God, that's what we're going to do. We thank you for every gift and every giver. Lord, that you would bless both alike. Lord, continue, God, to let your anointing rest upon this service because we know your presence makes all the difference. And as my good friend and great minister comes, Lord, today to minister the word, may a freshness be upon his mind and upon his spirit. Lord, we're going to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you. Thank you for giving.
Let's clap our hands and magnify the Lord together, shall we? Lift up your voice and give God praise in this house. He's a good God. On your worst day, he's a good God. On your best day, he's a good God. He's a faithful God. Aren't you thankful he's a very present help in the time of trouble? Before you got to your problem, he was the answer to your problem. Before you knew your tomorrow, he knew your end. Sometimes we need to clean the lens through which we view God and realize that he knows a lot more than we do. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time unto Jesus Christ. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord. You know, I was doing a wedding last week, speaking at a wedding. I said something. I actually read something in preparation for that wedding. And I began to think about it today because a lot of it, a lot of the problems in life are not problems, they're perception problems. It's how we view things that's the problem. And you know, a scale has the ability to make you mad or make you happy. But watch this. The same number, you can see the same number on the scale. If you're going up, it makes you mad. If you're going down, it makes you happy. Same number, but you're in a different season of life when you look at it. And this book has the ability to make you happy or it stings a little bit. The difference is not in the book. It's in what season you're in. See, the Word of God serves two purposes. Revelation, reminder. Some things that are said, you're like, where's this been all my life? It's been there. The Word didn't change. Your season changed. And then God reminds you of, of things. It's just our perspective over time. We need to be reminded. So I was, I, was, I was reading this story. This lady, she said, not long after my last son went to college, my husband was laying on the couch and his head was on my lap. And she said, I gently took his glasses off and I started combing his hair with my hand. And she said, you know, honey, without your glasses, you still look like that same handsome man that I married years ago. And he's laying there and he said, you're right, honey. Without my glasses, you still look like that same woman I married. <laughs> it's all about perspective. It feels good in the house of the Lord today. Now I'm going to tell you I'm not coming sermonizing. It's all I got right here. I wrote it 
9.15 this morning, the Lord spoke to my heart as we turned to Deuteronomy 29 and 29. And he gave me a word. Now, I may preach to one person here, but I know when the Lord speaks to me. Love, brother and sister, kneeling, honor them, their family, and of course our prayers are with them. I want to read one scripture, and I'm going to tell you what I saw. The Bible says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. Deuteronomy 29 and 29. So I was walking around my room this morning because I, I just walk around and that's how me and God just do our thing. And I saw a tug of war. And I saw people pulling against this rope and the rope wasn't budging. The only thing that was happening was that they were getting frustrated. And I saw on the rope, it was written, secret things. And I want to preach a little while on the struggle over the secret things. I'm going to minister today if you let me walk in the Holy Ghost because there's some people that are so frustrated. You're in a season that is driving you crazy. And you're not making any progress because you're trying to get something that God never intended for you to have. Let's lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us. Father, without your revelation, without your anointing, I feel that touch right now, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would take my words and that you would use them to minister to somebody's soul this morning. God, open our hearts today that we could hear and receive and obey your word. In Jesus' name, can we clap our hands unto the Lord one more time? Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The struggle over the secret things. Bible says that man was made in God's image. Everything about you what you like and what you don't like, some form or fashion ties back to the image of who God is. And I'm not talking about your carnal nature. Okay, your carnal man is not of God. That's of the enemy. But the emotions that you possess, the ebb and the flow of your personality, it ties back into the image of God somehow. But what God did not put inside of us, we are made in his image, but we are not made with his knowledge. We are limited at best. We are feeble. Daily we are reminded how insufficient that we are. So what God did was he placed within the fabric of humanity something called curiosity. It's something that is innate in all of us. It doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what language you speak. When you are born, 
You are born with an appetite to find out. An appetite for knowledge. You can find this with children as they begin to develop and they begin to crawl and they they begin to walk and they want to get into things. They want to explore. They want to figure things out. They want to be kids. And I still think it's all right for kids to be kids. Amen. And, and so God put that in humanity. It is designed by God so we can constantly be reaching, constantly be stretching, never settle for where we are at, but we want to learn, we want to know. And, and the mind is such a beautiful example of the intricacies of what God can do. No man has ever exhausted their mind. No man has ever figured out and and reached the limitations of what the, the, the mind can handle. But just as the teacher never gives the student all he knows, so it is with God, the maker, the teacher. Never provides the students with everything that he already knows. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 and 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Do you realize that for thousands of years that this world has been trying to figure out what's happened? And so they have fossils, and so they say, well, this millions of years ago, et cetera, et cetera. They, they, they don't take into consideration that God made this world with age. He, it's already aged when he made it. It didn't all start as, as infancy, but God said, I'm going to conceal some things. I'm going to hide some things that only I will know. And because we are curious and because we want to know, we keep stretching and we keep trying to figure out things. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a curious mind. But it's when the curious mind starts trying to cause you to rise above the teacher. What do you think got Lucifer cast out of heaven? It's because he began to rise above his role. And he said, I will ascend unto the heavens. I will make my throne. In other words, he wanted to, he wanted to step into a realm God never designed him to live in. And we have to understand that there is a realm that we have been designed to live in. There is a dimension that we have been designed to walk. And, 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 and what happens is as we live through life, we start trying to figure out, well, why is this happening like this? And why did this work out like this? And we start just clawing and dragging and crawling. And, and, and all of this stuff starts happening in our life. And we're going, God, why did this happen like this? Why was I used as a child? Why did my relationship go to pieces? Why did I go through financial turmoil? And we start trying to figure out the whys. We start trying to put the pieces together. And we get more and more frustrated. 
we get more and more in a, in, in a rut because we are so limited by our flesh and we start literally struggling over the secret things because there are things that no man will ever know. There are things that God has allowed to happen throughout this life and throughout wor this world that God never intended for you nor angels. Do you realize that the angels don't even know when it's going to be time to blow the trumpet? Because that's a secret thing. There are things that happen that we scratch our head and we go, God, why am I having to live through this? God, how am I going to be able to handle this? God, when is this going to be over this season that I'm in? I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. I just felt an unction in the spirit. And we come to church and we go through the motions and we don't make any progress because all we're doing is struggling over things that God never wanted us to know. He locked them up. It's not for humanity to know. It's not for you to figure out. We're holding pieces of a jigsaw puzzle and we think we've got the whole picture figured out, but only God knows what the picture is. There's two dimensions to life. Scripture says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, to us and our children. Two dimensions, the secret things. That's a dimension that God knows. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He, he, no man, no man can tell God something he doesn't know. But then there's those things which are revealed. And the, re, the revealed things of God, only God can make them happen. What did, what did Jesus say to Peter? Who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. In other words, nobody told you this. Nobody taught you this. He said, but my father which is in heaven. It comes from God. How do you think this book came into existence? The Bible said that it was established line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Has God revealed who he was and attributes of his nature to different people throughout different dispensations? And the, and the word was established and it was brought forth. And, and, and all throughout this book, all throughout the Old and New Testament, we see God giving people a little bit at a time. What did he do when he walked with his disciples? He spoke things into their life, such as destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it again. What are you talking about? Do you know how long it took to build this temple? And you say you can build it in three days? God was speaking in the natural, but he was meaning in the spiritual. Because the, the natural parallels the spiritual. They go together. And he understood. You don't know what I'm saying now. But if you keep walking, the revelation will match your experience. It just takes time. And I'm preaching to people this morning that you got a word a long time ago about a situation that you were in and you couldn't figure out what was happening and what God was trying to do. But you got to keep walking because the revelation's coming and you'll look back like 
the disciples and you'll say that's what he meant. That's what he was trying to do. But God, I want to know right now. We won't, this is how we won't. Problem come our way, we go to prayer, we get up and the problem's fixed and we keep going. That's what we want. God doesn't work like that. Because purpose always trumps pain. Because if pain was greater than purpose, then Jesus Christ would have never went to Calvary. His pain would have kicked in at Gethsemane and his pain would have trumped purpose. But purpose always trumps pain. And God cares more about you fulfilling your purpose than you wallowing in your pain. Hey, how did I can live in my pain? Because there's a purpose. See, you can't have what you can't handle. You can't have. God loves you too much to give you what you're wanting to know because you can't handle it. I'm made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. If you're a father, you know that you don't give a five-year-old a handgun loaded. You know why? They can't handle it. And they can't have what they can't handle. Now, there may come a day 20 years old, 25, I don't know. You, you choose your age when you can give them that handgun because they have got to the place where they can handle what you're trying to give them. All, all God could give Joseph was a dream. That's all he could handle was the dream. And he gave him the dream. But if he showed him what he had to go through for the dream to come to pass, then Joseph would have ran. He couldn't give him the process at that time because he couldn't have what he couldn't handle. And if God showed you who you were going to become and what he wanted you to be, you would jump up and down. But if he showed you what you had to go through to get there, you'd run out the door. So he says, I love you too much to give you what you're not ready for. You can't have what you can't handle. I got to give you a little bit at a time. That's why the Bible says therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's a, it's a process of spiritual maturity where you walk in the revelation that God gives you. And you can't keep growing until you walk in what you've already received. There's a one-two to this thing that's revelation, obedience. Revelation, obedience, spiritual maturity. It's not measured by IQ. That's called intellect. It's not measured with, uh, with a number. That's age. It's measured by obedience where you say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't know why I'm going through this. I wish I could figure this thing out, but I know that he is with me. I know that he is for me. It's not up to me. The secret things. See, power without knowledge is dangerous. Knowledge without power is useless. It takes three strands to make a cord. Purpose balances power and knowledge. You can have zeal and power. No knowledge. That's a dangerous thing. You give a teenager 
You give a 10-year-old a, a, a car and say you can do whatever you want. They have the power. They don't have the knowledge. You can have knowledge and know what to do but not have the ambition to do it. Son of the, sons of Ephraim. Bible says they had the bows. They had everything they needed, but they turned back in the day of battle. They didn't have the power. They didn't have the determination. You got power and you got knowledge, but you have to have that third strand and that's purpose. When you understand that all things work together. All things, the good things I go through and the bad things that I go through. All of them, when, they, when, when they're put together, it's because they're joined with a purpose. And it's not up to me to know the purpose. It's up to me to trust the purpose. We get so frustrated. Job. Job said, if I only knew where his seat was. In other words, if he was tangible and I could touch him and he was in a throne that I could walk up to, I would walk up to that throne and I would make my case known before him. And Job begins to lament. He begins to mourn. He begins to talk about everything that he was having to go through. Finally, after all these men try to talk to Job about why things are happening like they're happening, God had enough. And God started speaking. Where were you, Job, when I flung the stars in the sky? Where were you when I pointed to the border of the sea and said you better stay there and not overflow its banks? Where were you when the sons of morning began to sing and the angels began to sing? What he was trying to tell Job is, Job, you may think you know a lot, but there's a whole lot more about this thing that you don't have a clue about. And you may be looking at your situation and you may be thinking it needs to work out just like this, but if I could yank the curtain back for you just a second this morning, there's a whole lot more to your story than you know about. And God's going to do what is best for you. He's going to do what's best for your purpose. All things work together. You can't let your lack of understanding determine your level of belief. We got too many people that because they don't understand what's going on, it starts limiting their faith in who God is. And we get this warped view of God. We start thinking that when things go wrong in my life, that God's mad at me. And when things are good, that God is happy with me. That's wrong. That's flawed. Do you know that God loves you just as much when you're at the worst sin of your life that you've ever been? He loves you the same. He doesn't like what you're doing, but it doesn't affect your love for him. We got to stop viewing that, that things are wrong in my life as the judgment of God. It's, how about this? How about it's the trust of God? Because if God didn't trust you with it, you wouldn't be walking through it. But God must have saw something in you that said, hey, they can make it through this. I'm going to let them go through it because I trust them. Secret, 
secret things. If you'll let me use my imagination, I believe that it could be, you can't prove it's not there and I can't prove it is there, but I got the microphone. I believe there's a file room in heaven. And on that door it says secret things. And just say we get up to heaven and we see it. You know how them doors say employees only? It's going to say God only. Because everything in there, only God knows. And it could be that this is what Paul meant. Now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. In other words, what if we get there? And God says, all right, you made it. Now let me show you some things. Let me tell you why you made it. And he goes and he finds your name and he pulls out your file. And he starts saying, you remember when you wanted me to answer this prayer? And you got mad at me because I didn't answer it. Well, let me show you why I didn't answer it. Because it would have messed this up right here. And we start, he starts going through the list and tears start coming down our face as we realize that God wasn't being mean to us. God wasn't angry with us. But God loves us so much that he won't answer every prayer. And he'll allow the pain to persist. And he'll put things in your life that you don't understand because he wants you saved. See, the Bible says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where is the secret place? Psalm tells us he hath made darkness his secret place. So that tells me that when I'm in the darkest times of my life, I've never been closer to God because I'm in the secret place. When it seems like I can't see light penetrating anywhere, when it seems like my world is caving in, it's actually that I'm under the shadow of the Almighty and I'm closer to God than I've ever been. I've come to to, to Quincy this morning to tell somebody you need to stop struggling over things that God never intended for you to know or intended for you to carry. There's things that God won't let you have and won't tell you about because you can't handle it. Stand with me right now. Let's lift our hands all over to heaven. I want you to lift your hands unto the Lord. And I want you to begin to talk to God. There's people that you need to leave this place without the struggle and without the weight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, De Quincy. I want you to begin to pray right now. I want everybody to lift your voice right now. There's a weight that's been upon some people in this place and you're having a hard time stepping into joy. You're having a hard time walking in peace because you're trying to figure things out. You're blaming yourself for things that you don't need to blame yourself for. Come on. In the name of Jesus. 
Just pray a moment longer. Come on to Quincy. I want you to pray just a moment longer. In the name of Jesus, I don't need to carry this. I don't need to walk out with this. I'm tired of struggling over something that I'm not supposed to struggle over. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I speak peace into this place right now. I speak peace into some lives that have been in turmoil. I speak peace into some minds that have been running rampant, trying to figure out why right now. Why did I have to go through this? Yando kohi mahale boshatahaye kahaye. Here's what I want us to do. If you're comfortable in doing so, I'm fixing to minister to some people in the Holy Ghost, but I want us to come just stand across the front. If you're comfortable doing so, come stand. When you walk up here, it's your way of showing God, I'm letting go of the rope, God. I'm tired of being in a tug of war. I'm tired of, of asking you why and why and why and getting no answer because God is silent on things that you don't need to know about. He loves you too much to load you with stuff that you can't carry. So he'll be quiet. Come see, buddy, right over here. What's your name in the blue shirt? Yeah, come see. Connor, come see. I don't think we've ever met, have we, Connor? Well, we're going to meet right now. Tyler Stevenson. Nice to meet you, buddy. When I walked up that aisle and I looked at you, the Lord began to show me something. I don't know when and I don't know where and I don't know how, but this is what I saw. I saw you climbing a ladder and you began to climb up this ladder and there were people that God was separating you from as you climbed this ladder. And these people just begin to pull at your ankles. And it's, it's like there was, they were vicious. They didn't want you being elevated. They didn't want you getting higher. And so they kept pulling you and pulling you and pulling you. And I said, the Lord spoke to me and said, look at what he's not doing. And I watched. And as they were pulling, you never kicked. And the Lord said, if you'll tell him to keep from kicking, and if you'll reach down and you'll start loving the people that are being vicious and trying to pull you down, I saw you still going up, but you were bringing people with you. And God said, I'll always make sure he's head and shoulders above the rest of them if he keeps a right spirit. Stretch your hands toward Connor right now. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray your hand upon him right now. Come on, pray with me, pray with me. Come on, we're going to move in the Holy Ghost just for a minute. I want you to pray. I want all of this mental fatigue to be erased out of your spirit. I want all of this mental fatigue to be erased. Things that you're trying to figure out why it's not for you to know.
It's for you to trust God. It's for you to trust. It's for you to trust. It's for you to trust. Keep praying. Keep praying. Come on to Quincy. Pray. Pray right now. Pray. I need, I need some prayer warriors begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. of Jesus. Come on, pray to Quincy. Pray, pray. There's a ministering spirit here this morning. There's a ministering spirit here this morning. God doesn't want you to to constantly be in a struggle. God doesn't want you to live frustrated with what you can't understand. God wants you to trust Him. God, we give it wholeheartedly to you. Come on, let God hear you right now. Let God hear you. I give it wholeheartedly to you, God. I'm not carrying this anymore. I'm tired of this, God. I want that joy. I feel a lifting in the spirit. Come on, press with me to Quincy. I feel a lifting in the spirit right now. I think you're going to walk out of here lighter. I think you're going to walk out of here with a clear vision. I take dominion over the torment that would come into your mind. In the name of Jesus, there's power in that name. There's power in that name. I want you to reach over and grab somebody if it's appropriate. And I want you to begin to pray for them. The Bible says bear one another's burdens in love as they begin to sing. As we come to the close of this service, I want you just to pray. I want you just to pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let God hear you. Let God hear you. There's strength flowing here. There's strength flowing here. There's strength flowing here. In the name of Jesus. Sing it unto the Lord.
to glow. 